from the Carter Subaru Studios, this is Cairo Nights with Jake Scorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. It is the second hour of the show. This is this is a really nice time of the night. This is the 8 p.m. hour. It's where we do a little something called the News Roundup. I got Matt Butler here. Matt, good hanging out, buddy. Hey, good to be back. What we do in the News Roundup is we like to look back on all the other shows. If you've never listened to the show before, if you're new to the show, welcome. Glad to have you. Uh, the News Roundup, we just look back on all the other shows, and we, we like to give them a little time on the primetime show just to kind of help promote their show. Uh, I'm so, sure they appreciate it. Yeah, this is our, I don't know, this is like kind of our public service to all the other shows. Give them a we chance. We are givers. We are givers. That's what we do. Absolutely. But we also like to pay off our trivia clip, which we introduce in the first hour of the show. And here's that trivia clip, Then I will tell you what it's from. Many of you have gotten this on the text line. Many of you. Surprisingly, a bunch of you did not get this as well. Take a listen. Let me know what you think. All right, Matt, I'm going to give you a chance to guess at this, too. You're going to guess live with the audience, okay? All right. Because I didn't tell you what this was earlier. You did not tell me if you knew this earlier. So here it is. The traffic is approaching head on, ultra bright, and really moving. And right by us, right now. Now, that was really close. Series 31 is out of 340 on the traffic. Ask them if they want to report officially. UWA-517, do you want to report a UFO? EWA-517, do you want to report a UFO? Over. Negative. We don't want to report. Aries 31, do you wish to report a UFO? Over. Negative. We want to report one of those either. All right. Do you have any guess? Uh, Airplane? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> Although that that is that, that does take place in a uh, control tower. Obviously, you can hear that. I'm going to give you another clue. Okay. We actually played this clip earlier in the show. I had to work really hard not to say the name of the movie that this was from. <laughs> if you hear this, maybe it's going to give you a little more uh, insight. Nothing yet? Give her six quavers, then pause. She sent us four quavers, a group of five quavers, a group of four semi-quavers. That, to me, might be my favorite movie of all time. And you have managed to stump me. And I have managed to stump you. Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Uh, it's probably been a while since you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, I saw that ages it used ago. To, it used to be on TBS like every single weekend. Yeah, it was on they TBS. used to run it a lot. There yeah. was a regular rotation of Steven Spielberg movies on the on TBS, and it was like, uh, let's see, it, it would have been Back to the Future, and then it would have been uh, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Mm-hmm. Jaws was always on. I feel like Jaws was always on. Yeah, yeah. Close Encounters of the Third Kind, though, such a great movie, fantastic Richard Dreyfus okay, just could yeah. not be any better in that movie. Have you seen Have you seen the movie? I have. It's just been years. Yes, it's just been a, quite a while. That's one of those movies that I saw it as a kid. My grandpa was a great fan of of you know uh, cinema and films. Yeah, it's one of those movies that I was introduced to way too young. I think. Yeah. But I loved it so much. It was so much fun. I didn't really understand why I loved it so much. I think I loved it because he loved it, right. and he had all these great movies and. For anyone who doesn't remember these times, and it probably ages me a little bit, but they had all of these VHS cases where you would like, and they were all, all just pristine. So every time we'd go and visit my grandparents' house, we'd get into those VHS, like they had a whole VHS, they had a whole case 
that was filled with VHSs of just all the Bond movies, you know, like uh, uh, Thunderball and all these, like, just great movies, you know, just fantastic. A well-curated collection. Just a perfect collection. Yes. One of those movies was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. We watched it, and I was so afraid of that final scene where Richard Dreyfuss is being yeah. walked towards the alien ship yeah, yeah. by all those little tiny kid aliens, <laughs> and then you see those big, super long... Tentacles, yeah. Whatever they are, alien-like beings that are like the adult aliens or something. And now as an adult, when I watch it, I go, oh, it looks kind of silly. But it's still really, really good. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just fantastic. And I actually heard Steven Spielberg recently was talking about that movie. I don't know what the reason was. I don't know why. Probably I was just like looking up facts. Do you ever do that? Like look up behind the scenes stuff yeah, about totally. your favorite movies? Yeah, I do that with uh, songs too. Like what was the inspiration for this song? And I find out the behind the music There you story. go. There yeah. you go. So I like to look at like set photos yeah. of these movies. Uh, uh, there's always a set photographer mm-hmm. on all these. All, every movie you've ever watched, there's a set photographer and they take behind the scenes photos. And then they use those to, you know, promote the movie. But yeah. you can see all these really cool pictures that you would, you know, like all the background of all this stuff. Anyway, Steven Spielberg, uh, that's totally a side note. Steven Spielberg was talking about this, and you you know the character of, and we didn't plan on talking about this, but whatever, it's my show. Um, Richard Drivis' character in that show, when Steven Spielberg wrote the movie, he was a young man. And he thought it very romantic that this character, spoiler alert, Richard Dreyfus, kind of loses his mind seemingly loses his mind because he's having this psychic connection with something. He's building the mashed potatoes. He's sculpting out of mud on his table. He basically ruins his family. And Steven Spielberg was like, oh, wouldn't it be great if at the end of this movie, he goes off into space with these aliens. He was destined to, he was called to it. Do you remember that when he goes off? But now as an adult, Steven Spielberg's like, what a horrible ending. (laughs) And what a, like... And like maybe not what a horrible ending, but it says a lot about that character. When he was young and he wrote that, he didn't see anything wrong with the fact that Richard Dreyfus is walking away from three kids. Yeah. He's got two sons and I think a little daughter. Yeah. He's got a very stressed out wife now uh, because they think dad is kind of losing his mind. And then at the end of the movie, he's going to go away and they're going to continue their lives. And he's just kind of walking away from his family. And so uh, it's... And in retrospect, Spielberg's looking back going, maybe not the best way to Yeah, maybe I should have made him a singleton. But then his stakes (laughs) wouldn't have been so great. So I don't know. Maybe it was the right choice. All right. That's not what we decided to talk about. But that was the answer. It was Close Encounters of the Third Kind. That's the trivia answer. Good job for everybody who got it. You have my respect. All right. Let's move on to the news roundup on Seattle's Morning News. Let's see. uh, Dave Grohl continues his charitable work. Let's hear about that. That's right. Foo Fighters frontman Dave Grohl. You know I love him. And here's a reason for you to love him, too. He spent Super Bowl Sunday helping the homeless at a barbecue in Los Angeles. The Winter Feast is a regular commitment for the rocker. Last year, he spent 16 hours slow-smoking meats for the event and wanted to step up his game for this year. So on Super Bowl Sunday, Grohl and his friends spent 28 hours prepping, smoking, and serving about 1,800 people experiencing homelessness at the Woodlands Family Shelter in Woodland Hills, California. Speaking on the Hope the Mission YouTube channel, he had this to say. We've been making barbecue a long time using the smokers that we have. Usually we feed maybe like 300 people, maybe we get to 400 people. 
but we're always trying to feed more, and so we came up with a plan that we were going to stuff 100 pork butts into both of our smokers. In a montage from the day uh, posted on Instagram, Grohl could be seen seasoning the meat before it was cooked, basting the pulled pork, then serving it up on sandwiches with potato salad on the side. Oh my goodness, I'd fall over if I ever got to meet him. And uh, his efforts were praised by fans on social media, one writing, this is why Dave Grohl is one of the greatest rock stars ever. I agree. Hope the mission later added we're blown away by Dave and the Backbeat Barbecue team's dedication. But he does this often, too, not just on Super Bowl Sundays, but ah, that's why he's my hero. Yes. Boy, they're swooning pretty hard over yeah. Dave Grohl. <laughs> Bit of a crush there, Colin. Jeez Louise. <laughs> Easy. Uh, it's a family show. Dave Grohl seems really cool. He yeah. just seems like one of those guys who he makes being a rock. I mean, not like being a rock star doesn't look fun, but he makes it look really fun. He makes yeah. it look really easy. Like he just always seems to be having a good time. He's a natural. Yeah, he's a natural rock yes. star. He's obviously been in a lot of successful bands. Uh, you know, him being the drummer in Nirvana. I mean, like, I've heard of them. Yeah. He's been famous for so long. Yeah. And just fascinating. Isn't guy. it great when somebody is that famous, though, and they're still able to step out and do things that are just humanitarian and down to earth and that get them, you know, they're not so far removed yes. from society. They're not in some castle somewhere. He's actually out there with people just doing normal people things. Yeah. No, he seems like a cool dude. All right. Uh, on Gene Ursula's show, people are willing to try anything, even faking a disability to get on a plane. I don't know why you'd want to get on a plane fast, but let's hear about it. I'm really talking to Alaska Airlines, who. That's where I tend to fly, Alaska, Delta, shout out to Delta, all that kind of stuff. When they go pre-boarding, this is my problem, Ursa. So pre-boarding didn't used to be like this. Now it is. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, and we're going to get pre-boarding started. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And first, we want to uh, bring on military disabilities, unaccompanied okay. minors, uh, and those with strollers. Pregnant people. Pregnant people, all that. So, Ursula. Okay. This is before first class. This is before first class. So the military. Okay. Yes. Okay. Cool. Cool. Shout out to the active military. Yes. No doubt. Come on. The disabilities. That's subjective. I saw what. Look, people just come on on there to have a little. You know, they well, just kind of go on there. Yeah, people who need longer time to get out of the plane. Subju- I, 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 I'm not I'm, talking about the real ones. Yes. I'm talking about yeah, the, the ones. The person that, who has a cane who doesn't really need a cane. The person goes up to the lady and says, I have ED, and just goes on. <laughs> now, the next one I want to talk about unaccompanied <laughs> minors. I totally understand that. But with small children, I mean, I'm not trying to be rude or anything like that, but all this is doing is having people jump on so they can get access to the uh, the overhead bins early. You, so, you think that's what it is? Because I'm just wondering, like, what is your what is your rush? Why are you stampeding onto the plane? It's a good question. Um, I don't know if erectile dysfunction actually would qualify <laughs> you to get on a plane early. Plus, you'd have to admit to it. Nobody wants to admit that. Yeah, how, and how do you prove it? I guess I guess there's no proving it. Doctor, I got a, I got a note here from a doctor. Yeah, uh, <laughs> that's probably as far as we want to take that joke. Uh, Matt, do you like to board a plane early? Uh, I mean, I have, but it's not the most important thing in the world. The only reason that I really would care about it is so I could get the bin space if yeah. I need it. That's the only real urgency of it. I hate being on planes. I I detest. Being stuck in a tiny plane, it just it all feels slightly claustrophobic to me. Yeah. I'm not a great flyer. Mm. I have to drink too much on a plane to make it work, and so I'm I'm happy to be the last person on the plane. Typically, I sit there until the very last minute, 
your seat is your seat. Nobody's going to take your seat unless yeah, you're on Southwest reserved, yeah. or something like that. You're in a reserved seat. Nobody's going to bug you. So, so I'm you're not, there. Final call for flight, blah, blah, blah. Always. Okay. Yeah, always. I'm the last one on. And, you know, as fast as I can get off the plane, I'm happy to get off the plane first, but I'm definitely not the first person. So that would be the advantage of first class for you is being able to get out sooner. Oh, yeah, 100%. And, yeah, and the free booze would be pretty great. That too. All right, Jack and Spike, Tacoma moves to have more oversight over police officer conduct. Let's hear about it. So, Spike, what's going on with this toothless police oversight role, right? So it's going down on Tacoma. Basically, there is this idea after what happened to Manny Ellis that there's going to be an oversight position where somebody gets to review cases where things go bad with cops why are people upset about this because it's it's the police watching themselves again right it's not an outside observance or an outside monitor to regulate police actions and police involvement with the community Mm -hmm. the police policing themselves never turns out well every time we see excessive or failure to hold officers accountable it's because it was an internal investigation and it was handled internally and we were watching out for ourselves you can't have it same thing bowen's going through you can't be accountable to yourself and expect to be accountable to the community. You've got to have outside observers watching the police department to make sure they are interacting with the community in a responsible, thoughtful, respectful way. I have no problem with uh, police oversight. I don't, probably most good cops don't care about police yeah. oversight. They're How part- do you feel about police unions? Do you think that's an, in, an occupation that should be unionized when the unions can protect those officers so tightly? Well, what do you think about teachers unions? Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of my point. Do you believe that uh, public servants should have unions? Personally, I would rather not. Yeah. I, I think bad, bad actors, people who are bad at their job, are protected like by cops and teachers, right, are protected by union, able, yeah. should be able to be fired. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. Go. If you're getting public money, right? Then yes, you should not be unionizing. And there you uh, go. I want to pay good officers. I do not want to pay the bad ones. I want to pay good officers and I want to pay good teachers. Exactly. I'm happy to do so. Agreed. And uh, if you got to have unions, that's fine, but you should still be able to fire bad cops and bad teachers. Yes. All right. Uh, John and Sherry, a vice principal, is forced to apologize for his shocking theft. What is this one? Yeah, the bad boys came for the 59 year old. Vice principal of a school, Sherry, and this guy, I don't even know. Hopefully people haven't eaten because the story I'm about to tell you is quite upsetting. He would go into a 7-Eleven or convenience store. He would pay for a small cup of coffee. And then he would get himself a large cup of coffee. You go to school and learn the golden rule. So why are you acting like a bloody fool? Seven times this scoundrel, this scourge on society, got himself a large cup instead of the regular cup. And then they caught him and put him away. In the truck of a car? In the truck of a car. Well, at least he got fired for his job. Yeah, his job at least. Because of it. At least that death. happened to him. Yes, at least. Where's the justice? No justice, I mean, no peace. This is Somebody scandalous. set something on fire, right? Come on. I mean, he admitted that his job as a teacher is to inspire and and have the kids live by his example. And look at what yes. he did. Uh, Just shocking. Uh, Oh, I hate doing stories like that. <laughs> it really loses, like, you just kind of hate like, humanity when you, you, do, you, do. When you hear it's about just, that. Just, yeah, she just wants to go to a sabbatical or something. So he got he got fired for getting a bigger cup of coffee? Yeah, I guess they let him go because technically it's stealing. He's stealing do seven you, times. That's crazy to me. Um, 
I whatever I guess. <laughs> Have you ever done or known somebody in life though that was that persistent at doing some small cheat of the system that they justified like that? You know, my gr- okay. So this is like not a, this is not a direct comparison, but my grandpa. I think I've even told this on the story on the uh, show before. My grandpa obviously came from a different generation. Yeah. You know, he served in World War II, and he was just from a different time of life. Greatest generation. Yep. Greatest generation. They didn't think the same way we did about trash. And refuse. Right. Do you remember the story I told you about? Uh, My grandpa was in the car with us and my dad's dad. And we had just all eaten McDonald's. We were on a road trip somewhere. I think we were driving out to like, I don't know where we were going, but we were all in this, you know, Volkswagen van again. It's the early 90s. My grandpa offers to clean up everyone's Jesus. Everybody hand me the trash. And he give it, we give him all the trash. He opens up the slider window on the side of the van again and just whoop throws it right out the window and my parents are like what are you doing he's like well i'm just getting rid of that trash they didn't think anything of that that's become some trees right super commonplace back in the day yeah. just like they didn't care about uh you know littering the same way that we think yes. about it now so um that i guess that's my comparable story i don't know how comparable it is but my grandpa sometimes littered but he was still a great guy love you grandpa all right uh that is it for the news roundup that's all we've got matt good stuff this is a good one My pleasure. Glad to do it. All right. We got a lot more coming up on the show. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cairo Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Skorheim. Welcome back to Cairo Nights. I have one of my favorite guests on the show, Matt Markovich. Thanks for joining us. Always. Yeah. Thanks for coming on, man. We appreciate it. I just love chatting with you. It's just I'm, well, it's a out. good time to chat because here at night, I can actually espouse on stuff I can't really talk about during the day. That's what's the So great- you get better inside scoop stuff. Yeah, like during the day, just like a little peek behind the curtains. They're so worried about what everybody's saying on the other shows and about mm-hmm. making sure that they cover everything that they need to cover. Mm-hmm. They don't give two licks about what we do on this show. <laughs> Which is great because then we could just have fun yeah. and we could even take stuff that's pretty boring like legislative stuff and we can try to make it sexy. Yeah. Moving and grooving on the legislative stuff. Excite some of our listeners with that, Matt. Jeez Louise. Uh, Talk right. real low. So we're talking. Very white. We're going to talk right now about... All right, so this is really interesting. You're doing a story, and yeah, people this can find actually, this on My Northwest. Yeah, it's gonna. It just popped up on My Northwest. It's something that happened today, Wednesday, in a what's known as a work session, and it piqued my interest. And when it piques my interest, I think the average person would be interested too. And that's why I'm talking with you, Jake, so about l- it. Let me deliver the headline, or just the the thing the the thing that got me excited about it because I think I ha- I, I actually have an opinion about this. Um, public universities receiving public dollars. Mm-hmm. And we're going to talk about some big schools that are not doing as well as we would assume that they're doing. They're athletic departments. Yeah. Okay. And so namely, tell us about this. Uh, namely, UW, University of Washington, Washington State University. Well, we all know what happened this year, right? <laughs> yeah. You know, University of Washington went to the finals, the championship, NCAA championship and lost um, but to still, Michigan could not have could not have asked for a season where they got more press, more media absolutely, attention, more people buying UW jerseys than absolutely. probably ever before. Well, here's this interesting stat to start off with this discussion. Last year, of all the Pac-12 schools, and we knew we've talked about the Pac-12 dissolving and all that, and then all that's left is Oregon State and Washington State. But 
of all the PAC, original Pac-12 schools, only one school made enough money through its media rights and whatever to cover its expenses. How many? Uh, what school was that? University of Oregon. Really? Maybe Phil Knighthill had something to do with that. He's yeah. the head of Nike. He's a big supporter of Oregon. UW came in second, you know, of, of the public schools. So USC is a private, so we don't know how much. We, we have no information oh, yeah, they about They don't have to share that information. Yeah, yeah. yeah but gotcha. uh, UCLA, Cal, Oregon State, Oregon, University of Washington, Washington State, they're all public schools. They all lost money. They Their all did not. Departments. They didn't. They, yes. The short answer is yes. They could not cover their expenses for all sports, including basketball, soccer, and everything. But football is the big driver. That sure. makes all the money. So we've all heard of stories about the Pac-12 dissolving and the media rights deals. I won't go into all that. I mean, but each school after the, after the Pac-12 network said, hey, we're going to give you $20 million a year. And for the last 10 years, there's been a 30% decline. They never got that $20 million. So all these schools with these big budgets, especially, well, uh, we're going to focus on Washington State and Washington and University of Washington. Big athletic budgets, big football teams. Yeah. Making a lot of money. They're on ESPN. They're on Fox. I mean, that's a lot of money. But it wasn't enough, you know, of last year for the money that they raised. So UW decided... They got the offer from the Big Ten and said, you know what? We're going to guarantee you $30 million a year for the first year and a million more after that. Guaranteed. And you can borrow against future revenues, you know, to help out your debt. Sure. And what did Which UW do? Great. Yeah, what what did great UW do? They said, we're in. <laughs> See ya. Yeah. You know, we're in with all the other schools. Um, in fact, they're actually not even getting the best deal because so the University of Washington is getting $30 million guaranteed from the Big Ten. All the other schools that have been there original, they're getting $60 million. Oh, really? Yes. So, um, well, I guess if you're kind of late to the party, yeah, that's, they're yeah, going, yeah. you know, you know, you could, you're bending the Pac 12, which couldn't give you 20 million at all. You know, it's just, it's so that's why University of Washington went. And they, one of the main reasons why they went is that with that 30 million, they wouldn't have to raise student fees or ask the state, and this is where the state legislature comes in, for more funds. To support the athletic department, gigantic multi-million dollar athletic. In fact, the UW athletic department last year made just short of $150 million a year. And that wasn't enough to cover their expenses. Yeah. So, you know, Ohio State was number one in the country, made $250 million a year. Washington State made just $80 million, roughly. They're 53rd in the country. Big difference between Washington State and University of Washington. So anyway, University of Washington joins the Big Ten because... That's enough money so they would they could cover their debt and they wouldn't have to raise student fees or get into the tuition money, which they could do. Well, let's talk about Washington State. They were abandoned, left to dry. Um, they do not have the big money that Wa University of Washington comes in. So what is it, what's, what are they talking about doing now? Well, at the University of Washington, officials started talking about, we're going to take the money, extra money we made from dining halls. Oh, this is at WSU. This is WSU. Yeah. yeah okay. Dining halls, um, housing, dorms, and parking tickets. That's how hard up for cash they are. Yeah. And put that toward the athletic debt. And they're hoping there's a big settlement about the Pac-12 resources. So there are more money coming that way. But they're still going to be short. So they're talking, and one of the things they're actually talking about I found it interesting is that the officials said before the lawmakers, and maybe we're going to have to cut back on some of that academic support for the student athletes. 
and that they're going to have to get the same kind of support that the average person gets. He actually said that in this hearing. So when you say support for student athletes, that means uh, tuition tutors, tutors, uh, dining plans, academic support, you know, like tutors and, you know, Test helping with tests. Oh, gotcha. Okay. And and uh, a laptop to do the plane you know, work on the plane or something like that. There may have to do those athletes may have to get the same kind of support that the average student has to get. And but I then that, the the problem with that though is that's going to start eating into your recruiting class, right? Absolutely. Like when people come into universities, like when I when I was in college, one of the big things was oh the student athletic resource center was mm-hmm. so impressive. My roommate was like mm-hmm. a you know a, a, an athlete. And he was like, oh, you wouldn't believe all the stuff we have access to. They had food mm-hmm. available to them. They had uh, tutors around the clock. that They could just pop in there anytime because the school wanted to make sure these people are well-fed and doing well in their classes. So as a, as a, as a person who has their option of what school they want to right. attend, that's a huge part of it. If you, especially if you're a big recruit and these schools rely on these big recruits as a, a name for you to go see yeah. in the stadium, in the person, as well as ESPN's looking at the roster and going, hey, I need a big level, big name recruit. Otherwise, I'm not going to cover you. What's crazy to me is that you could have a school like UW who's still in the red after a season like that. Now, have they accounted for how much extra media and press and coverage and all that stuff that they got going to the national college Championship. Well, yeah, that that's that's all melted in because they knew how much money they get from the playoffs and stuff yeah. like that, and they have to share it with and the it conference. Still wasn't enough. It wasn't enough. They were just shy of covering their expenses. So, so I I think the point that we're trying they're trying to make here. Well, what, oh, there's one more thing. This is what's going to happen with UCLA and Cal. So UCLA bolted, but Cal was left behind, just like Washington State was left behind when UW bolted for the Big Ten. Oh yeah. So. They were going to have UCLA take its new media money from the Big 12 or the Big 10 and give some of that money to Cal. <laughs> and they were considering it. But then Cal went to ACC. So now the lawmakers I heard today are thinking, hey, that's an idea. Maybe we're going we to force move, move some of that money around that move some of that 30 million guaranteed that the, the UW is going to get from the Big 10 and give it to the poor sister over here in the backside of the state. Uh some money to help them with their athletic department. Can they force the school to do that? They're the legislature. It's a public school. That's crazy. So there, there, there could be legislation coming out of this that would make UW give money to WSU. Wow. Uh, so that's why I found this whole hearing interesting. No it legislation. Interesting. Yeah. But the fact that these gigantic, the largest athletic departments we have in the state are in the red. And... They're looking at maybe use tuition. WSU says they haven't yet, but they could use tuition dollars to support this gigantic athletic So then they would have to eventually push tuition up. Tuition would probably have to... I mean, they're going to have to find somewhere when you have a big budget like this and you have a large loss because you're one of two schools that were left behind in the Pac-12. And then you have to ask yourself as a prospective student at one of these schools, how much am I willing to prop up in the athletic department, which, which should be drawing attention to the school, which should be making the school actually cheaper for everyone. Like if you have a really successful athletic department... If you are the Huskers or if you're like a massive school, or that's just the first one that came to mind. Yeah. But you would think that, okay, this is a this is a benefit to all of us here at the school. But that's if right. those things are running in the red and actually costing students money, that, that that's Well, those football programs support 
all the other athletics. I mean, they, there's no, there's, that's no secret. Yeah. The smaller sports that don't have a lot of people show up their games, they're supported by the football team. At this level, these gigantic schools with expensive buzz. And now it's a great question. How much do you dip into state funds or tuition to help support a f- athletic program, which, as you see, as you said, is a marquee department for any school? Yeah. But... And what's what's happening in WSU, you're, you're right on point that recruits are going to see this and go, I don't know. This is a sinking it, ship. Yeah, yeah. You, you, the reputation of the school is going to drop. And, and even that filters down to other departments. Very interesting. All right, well, we'll keep an eye on this. Matt Markovich, thanks for coming on. You're welcome, Jake. All right, we got a lot more coming up. Stick around. We're going to be right back here on Cabernet Nights. You're listening to Cairo Nights with Jake Scorehide. All right, welcome back to Cairo Nights. I'm going to start making this a regular segment. I read a lot of stuff on the internet, and from time to time, I find myself scratching my head at some of the headlines that are out there, and so I'm going to bring a couple of them to you. We'll start this tonight. Head-scratching headlines. I don't even know what that means. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. No, it's not. It gets the people going. (laughs) Gets the people going. All right, so this one's from The Economist. Now, I haven't read The Economist in a while. I assume that their stories are generally about the economy. That's just an assumption. So this headline certainly jumped out at me. Listen to this. Cousin marriage is probably fine in most cases. It is also illegal in 25 American states. Basically, they're making the argument that, as the headline states, cousin marriage is probably fine in most cases. I would tend to disagree with them, but uh, wherever wherever you come down on the cousin marriage question, it did remind me of this clip from Arrested Development. Like his father, George Michael had been nursing an impossible crush. It was on his cousin, maybe. And with no one to talk to, he was looking for some kind of direction. Just give me a sign. First one's obviously. He continued to look for a sign until finally. Maybe tonight. What are the chances? Actually, maybe tonight was a very popular candy slogan. And the chances were one in eight. (laughs) All right, this next one comes to us from The Atlantic. And again, if you guys have any head-scratching headlines that you see, I can't possibly see everything that's on the internet. If you guys do see stuff that maybe I have missed, feel free to send it over on the text line, 888-97-3-5476. All right, our next head-scratching headline comes to us from The Atlantic. This is another periodical I do not often peruse, but I assume, again, maybe incorrectly, Primarily, their focus is probably on maritime stories about the Atlantic Ocean, but I could be wrong about that. Listen to this headline. Why rich people don't cover their windows. An unexpected status symbol has become a fixture of high-end homes. Again, I don't know why the Atlantic is covering the story, but essentially what they break down in this very long article about why people do or do not use curtains is they basically say that rich young white people tend to not have drapes. That's the story. (laughs) I don't don't know why that's super interesting, but that's what they talk about. And they say that people who do use drapes, it's generally driven by class. So people who are rich tend to not cover their windows and people who are not as rich tend to cover their windows. Why is this the case? I have no idea. I would imagine probably it has something to do with the areas where these people are living. If you're really rich, you probably do not worry about somebody peering through your windows and thinking about stealing your stuff because you probably don't have super high crime in your neighborhood. If you're not as rich, you might want to cover your windows because maybe you're worried in your area where you live, 
I have certainly lived in a lot of places like this. I don't want to invite onlookers from outside because I'm thinking, yeah, maybe they see something desirable in here and they might want to break into my house and either take a nap on my couch or steal my stuff. So I would draw the windows, but that's just me. All right, we got a lot more coming up on the show. So stick around. We're going to be right back here on Kyra Nights.